0: are always talking about you know the best of uh the worst of and people like doing rankings and lists and stuff and you know we do our kessel runs or whatever but how about underrated how about underrated performances by actors by characters whatever underrated performances in star wars we're gonna do a little draft today we're gonna do a little two-person draft uh here so We want to just welcome everybody, first of all, to the resistance broadcast. I'm John. Uh, That's James and uh, Lacey will be back with us on Thursday. I believe she's uh, aiming to be back full time next week, but we'll see. But we're here to talk Star Wars. So first off, James, uh, Mm -hmm. and thank you to everybody for listening and watching and, you know, whether it's on YouTube or Apple or Spotify. Uh, we appreciate it. So spread the word, tell your friends who like Star Wars about the show. We appreciate it. James, are you into movie awards? I always forget around this time of year. Like, do you, do you and Rachel watch the Oscars? Are you like, I can't believe that movie lost or like, cause people go bananas about nominations and who didn't get Mm -hmm. nominated and stuff. So I'm just curious where you stand on, on all that stuff in this, in this day and age. So, um, I
1: wish that I watched more of the movies and had opinions on like when things got nominated. Mm -hmm. Um, and then ultimately I guess like who won and who didn't, because believe me, it, it makes a big difference when you've seen a lot of the movies and you're sort of like, well, I've seen five out of the seven best picture or, or, you know, actor or movies with the best actor or whatever in it. And you can sort of, like, you're making your own bets of who you think and how it's going to go, and then you see the results. So that's my downside to, like, I just, I can't always keep up with a lot of the stuff that gets nominated. Um, Afterwards, I do tend to be more likely to see a movie that, for these reasons, um, I actually did a, um, when all of the announcements were done, I took the entire list, I just copied and pasted it, I threw it into chat GPT, and then I said, look at all of these and then tell me which movie had the most nominations and then like give me a list in order. And so it went went through and it was like, well, you know, Oppenheimer was number one with 11 and these are the categories that it had things nominated in. And then the number two was poor things and it was nominated for this many and it blah, 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 blah. Because I, I looked online and I couldn't quite find that yet. it Like I'm sure somebody will probably put that together or has put that together, but – I just thought like it's we have these tools now that can just like do something for you <laughs> when you ask it to do it. So I like looking at that and then saying, okay, well, these are the, these are the most award nominated movies. So like the top five, I was like, maybe I should check out these top five to actually have a little bit of an understanding when I, when, or if I do watch the the show. Um, one thing really quickly to add to um, not to hold up everything about this, but I actually think that the Academy Awards is the most real uh, award show.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, I do not care about Grammys. I do not care about um, Emmys. I mean, maybe Emmys, but like, just like, all these other ones, I, I just, I think it's like all fake and they invite people to this and this and this. But like, I know how the Academy Awards work and I know how things are nominated and stuff. And I just go... I actually think like the people there's too many people involved, um, that the results are all often just like an actual true statement. Hmm. And it's not just like a, uh, boop, boop, boop. That movie was really good. Let's nominate it. You know, like five people who are in charge of nominating movies or something.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I give it the most credibility. I'll tune in and watch them sometimes. Um, like last year, was it last year? Was last year the Will Smith thing? Or was it two years ago? That was two
1: years ago. Wow. No, that might have been last year. I uh, hope it was last year. I forget year. already.
0: <laughs> anyway, I guess my point is like, it's, sometimes it's entertaining because you're watching live TV and you never know what's going to happen, even though that type of thing's rare. But I, I think, I mean, even the Academy Awards is political in terms of, you know, favoritism and... You know, these people don't make their movies in Hollywood, so we're going to snub them. And, you know, like Martin Scorsese, one of the greatest of all time, didn't win until 2006 for The Departed, which many would say is not even close to his best movie. Right. And, you know, Leo DiCaprio, uh, who works with people who don't work in Hollywood a lot, he probably should have won for other things. You know, so there, I just there think that is has an to element. Be the, yeah, of-
1: that just has to be the common consensus for a lot of people. And if it's the common consensus for a lot of people, then it might not be true, but at least it like it isn't one person who's being like, well, I'm just going to give it to so and so because of some political reason. It's like a lot of people who are saying we're going to give it to that person for that political reason.
0: And do you know that it's I think it's been like it's been 40 years since Star Wars has won any Oscars. Return of the Jedi won a special achievement Oscar for special effects. I think that was it. So we will see. Will the franchise finally make it back on the stage? They've been nominated for other things since then. But uh, we are here to talk Star Wars. And James, let's kick things off. Before we get to the draft, we're doing the draft later on the top 10 underrated performances in Star Wars. Now, start thinking about it, audience. Start thinking about it. Because my list anyway, there's going to be some actor performances, but there's also some in-story performances. So just put Hmm. your mind there. But James, will the Force? I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it.
1: Well, I know that draft's going to be tough, but even... some. Tough choices are about to be made in Will of the Force. This is the segment where we're going to pitch some questions and guess whether we think something will or will not happen in Star Wars. And in addition to the questions that we add, we also let TRB Patreon supporters make their submissions to the show Mm -hmm. and they ask the questions for the segment as well. Uh, We're going to kick it off uh, this week with one of our commanders uh, with their question. Uh, Commander Danny sent in the question. Will live-action Asajj Ventress show up in Ahsoka Season 2? John, what do you think?
0: No. No? No, I don't think so. I don't think that makes sense to me because uh, I think the purpose of Ahsoka, even though Ahsoka spent more time in the Clone Wars, she was introduced in the Clone Wars, this show is clearly a Rebels show. And I think they want to focus on that and move it forward. And even though Thrawn, you know, got in the mix and he's pulled from EU uh, into canon with the books and then thrust into uh, Rebels and then eventually live action. And there are those types of uh, things. I just don't know about Assage getting in the mix. I know there's a connection because uh, she's Dathomirian, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's that. I still don't know that that's where they want to go with this, because, and I think the only reason why I say that, not even so much about you know where's the character been, Bad Batch, all that stuff. I just think it's it's already a full round of characters that they're gonna have to give enough attention to as it is. Uh, like we just scraped the surface with Ezra. Jason, Sabine, and Ahsoka—that angle. Balin Skull Shin now branching out. Thrawn, the Knight Sisters, all that stuff. I just don't know how, how much more you're going to add into it. So, while I wouldn't be completely shocked, my gut is saying no, James. I don't know. What about you?
1: I also think no um, on this one, and I think the reason is is because I like. Every show needs their like glow up, right? Like, oh, guess who showed up? Surprise thing! I remember, uh, even back in the day, like Clone Wars. I remember seeing commercials on like Cartoon Network, and they're like, "Watch this Wednesday special," and it's like Chewbacca will show up. And oh, it's Rebels like, did that too. They're all yeah. I know. I know. Exactly. I'm saying every show does their thing where like they have a special guest or uh, a surprise appearance. I mean, Mandalorian was like the Ahsoka week, you know, and it's like, oh, my gosh, they're bringing Ahsoka into blah, blah, blah. Like every show kind of does that. And my thing is, is that I don't think they're bringing Asajj back to glow up Ahsoka season two, if you will. I actually think they're bringing her back to glow up the Bad Batch, and then that's really it. Uh,
0: I think they're look
1: mm-hmm. they were looking for a way to get people excited for Bad Batch, and they and one of the ways that they can do it is they can say, well, "What characters did we not have in season one and season two that may or may not be around in this era that we could bring in?" I still am blown away that they haven't done anything with Boba Fett yet. Um, young Boy. Boba Fett, he's oh. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like animated young Boba Fett. Like we have not ever seen him at this time at that age, and he's obviously canana- canonically alive and everything. Like he's do- he's still doing his stuff. I I um I think there's always the chance because that was my big surprise for season two, but then they cl- came out and said it's not happening. And I think this year it might actually happen, but they're hiding it behind. Like, well, don't think about who else could show up. Asajj Ventress, everybody. Focus mm-hmm. on her and get excited mm-hmm. for her. Um, and it, it's it's good. I'm not saying she's just there to hide from Boba. I'm just saying that I think they were looking at this way. They were looking for ways to build up um, the show. And they were looking at characters that they could bring in and maybe get some viewership from, say, Clone Wars fans.
0: Yeah, and you have you have is. the voice actor already uh nika futterman and yep, like it's easily done it, it's New like, look. it's a massive undertaking to bring a character into live action you know you gotta get the right casting you gotta make sure you get the the, the makeup department the costumes the designs like it's this big thing like people just think like yeah the character's alive let's let's do it it's mm-hmm. so yeah
1: all right that that's what's cool about uh star wars video games is because currently yeah. right now they have a couple of video games where they have cast the people, uh, including like Battlefront 2, you know, it's like yeah. they've cast the people as the character. They already look live action. Their right. clothes are already built for live action. Just literally have them wear that. <laughs> it won't be a cosplay. It will actually look legitimate. Yeah. Um, our next question though, as we move on, uh by the way, Commander Danny, we both said no, but you know would love to still see it regardless. Yeah. Um our next question is will Ethan Hawke ever get his wish of being in a Star Wars movie? I'm going to go first. I'm going to say absolutely. Yes, this will happen at some point. I this guy is so um well versed in Hollywood. He's been around for so long. Uh he's well respected. He knows what he's doing and regardless if it's like Lucasfilm as a whole they're going to he's they're going to at some point come across a casting director that just wants to put Ethan Hawke in it or or a writer who has heard this and and they're going to start working on their project and they're going to say "Oh man, how cool would it be if I got to work with Ethan Hawke?" So I'm going to write a character and I'm going to write it based on him. I'm going to have him in mind when I write that character because I already know he wants to be in star Wars. And I know that if I write a character, that's perfectly him. And then I hand it to him. He already wants to be in star Wars. And now this character is specifically written for him. It's a sure bet. So if I want Ethan Hawke, I can get Ethan Hawke. And I just think it's a matter of time. Hmm. What do you think?
0: I think also a big yes. Uh, one, it, been uh, maybe over 10 years. What was that clip I found from him on Conan? It was like 2012. <laughs> He's talking about how he wants to be in Star Wars. He's like, give me a call. I'll be a fish. I'll be a Wookiee. I'll be a whatever. <laughs> just get me in there. I I was just thinking about this. Now, if this happens, because you brought up the fact that you know they're probably creating characters for him, and I'm thinking about, all right, you got Taika. You got you know this person, this person, this person. And he is a an award like we talked about Academy Awards before. He's that type of prestige actor where he can be contending for awards. He's that talented. He might if he got cast, he might be the most talented person to ever have acted in Star Wars. And I know people are gonna be like, what oh goodness So oh, Harrison Ford whatever. I get but, it. I get it. I could totally see him being cast as the Moses for the mangled Discovery of the Force movie or something like that.
1: You, like lead character? You yeah, I mean.
0: yes. Oh, wow. I think if you cast Ethan Hawk in Star Wars, you would be stupid not to use him for a big time role because he's that good and he wants to be in it. You don't cast him, I mean, you can cast him as, you know, Claude or something and put him in a costume and still have him play something else. I mean, for Mark, sure. Mark Hamill was Bulio. Like it, you yeah. it can be done. But I'm saying, bring him in for big time stuff. And Mangold's that type of filmmaker. It would pair nicely. But whether it's that or not, I think he should be. Or, or if not, have him be like the big bad in the Ray movie or something. You know, like give him something big to do, mm-hmm. and he'll knock it out of the park. So I hope they do. I think they will. And I hope it's a big time role. Let's go, Ethan Hawke, you know- Star Wars. Let's go. Come on, come on.
1: Yeah, it does it does get me excited. I think that he has the potential to be a lead, and it, it's not like he does it, he doesn't have other leads, but recently it does seem like he is the secondary lead in a lot of the stuff that he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't seem like he's the main character, it seems like he is the main foil or the secondary like best friend or father figure or something to the main character. So I like Mm -hmm. your idea of him being in the Mangold thing, but I see him if, if Mangold has a Luke Skywalker, he's Obi-Wan like Mm. he's those, he's this person that is like maybe uh, guiding him and advising him on, on this new discovery, this new power that he's like discovered or something, um, which maybe even could lead to be him being the bad guy in the end. You know what I mean? Like you can't mess with that right. power, you know, or whatever. And he's like, hey, it doesn't belong to you. And he's like, but what if it does? And then he has to fight him. He, can, do, know, cool. he's,
0: he, he can play any type of role, you know, whether good, yeah. bad, mentor. You know, Yeah, that's a you. good point. It's yeah. like
1: he's very – Good at being um I don't want to say he's a character actor because he's definitely a leading man, yeah. but he's well-versed enough that he can do anything he
0: wants. Yeah, I mean Dead Poet Society, he's, he's been around forever, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. He was Robin Williams? He played Robin Williams playing. <laughs> he played
1: Robin Williams yeah Most people don't know that. Or most people try to thing. give the credit to Robin. Yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah, that uh that character was actually based on a professor at UConn, which interesting. But anyway. Uh, Next one
1: we got here is another question from one of our patrons. This one's coming from our general Mike Remore. Uh, Mike, um, our resistance-based drummer, uh, (laughs) will the Bad Batch season three directly tie into the creation of Snoke and hint at how he uh, was known in the galaxy as far as a leader of a faction, which is, of course, the First Order, uh in the new republic so John um do we think that Bad Batch season three is going to specifically tie in with the creation or the existence of Snoke at that time
0: well do we have any knowledge as to when the Bad Batch is going to wrap up from a timeline timeline perspective Um, no,
1: so first season order 66 happens, so we we know where we're at. The second season was like a little while later, I don't think they specified, but I would say it'd be like six months to a year and six months, right? Like and somewhere it, in that, like a yeah, year later basis,
0: isn't Omega the same age as Boba Fett? Isn't that the whole thing,
1: right? But we also don't know when season three is taking place, is yeah. that's your question, right? But,
0: but Omega doesn't look that much older than season two, maybe a little older.
1: C- correct. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. she's about the same age. It's not like it's Obi One yeah. Solo time frame or so anything. We, yeah. Like that.
0: So yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I'm going to answer no on this then because I think that's too soon for Snoke. Palpatine's still in the mix. There's no need for a Snoke because Palpatine made Snoke. So I'm going to go no on this. I could see Snoke being uh, peppered in in Mando stuff, but Bad Batch doesn't click for me what about you
1: right so same answer bet um because uh how snow hinted how he was known in the galaxy as far as the leader of a faction first order um the first order didn't even exist until
0: uh after the Galactic sh- Empire.
1: like after the the fall of the empire and all that and that's when like um uh ray sloan like was part of the the movement to the shadow empire and all this other stuff so I don't think I don't think that stuff is around. But part of the 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 interesting aspect of this is that Bad Batch, as far as we know already, has hinted at the Empire's doing weird stuff with cloning. Man, mm-hmm. like we had a whole scene where like um, uh, Omega was brought in to an area where they had all these tubes and there were like things in there and i think people even at the time were like snoke and like other weird things and they never really addressed it i think the only thing they're hinting at is like cloning bad cloning part of bad people empire bad things when cloning involved (laughs) and i think that's probably where the, the show is or the question is coming from is like well Bad Batch season three show us even more of how the empire is using cloning as part of its long game. But I really don't think this is, it seems to me the question is devoted towards Snoke. And I think the answer is no on a Snoke related thing.
0: Yeah. And, and side thing, when you talk about, you know, they were experimenting, it makes me realize how many times Palpatine or people directly under Palpatine sort of did tests first on things and how you know his goal was always you know once he met anakin to make him his apprentice and he sort of like he used dooku to like test the waters uh and test anakin and, and like see if he would turn and stuff like that and then with uh, even han solo being frozen to test the facilities before they froze luke and then uh, the cloning, t- you know, the other testings he did with the, the other clone experiments he did, we saw Snokes in garbage cans on Exegol, you know, like he, he definitely didn't just jump into things. He was a planner mm-hmm. and he liked to do testing. But anyway, um, that's a good question, though, Mike and Danny, but two good questions that they fired off. So thank you to our uh, TRB patrons.
1: Yep. Um, we have one more question. Uh, and that is now, you know, this guy, so I, you know, we've, we've, we've met, we've (laughs) met each other on multiple occasions, including outside of the building inside of the building. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but will Michael G uh, return to score a future star Wars movie? And if you say yes, and you could pair him with one of the known upcoming Star Wars directors. Who would you want to pair him with? Um, you're going first on this one. What do you think?
0: My heart wants to say yes. Um, and I feel like there's so many movies in the pipeline. He would really have to not want to do it. But I could see him because of how quickly he had to do the Rogue One score. I could see him wanting to have the full experience with a full time frame to do work in Star Wars. And he's clearly still uh, connected. You know, I made the joke about, you know him because we saw him on the red carpet at Indiana Jones. And he mm-hmm. could have just been invited because he'd worked in the franchise before or he's a big fan and had connections. Who knows? I'm not saying he's in there because he works. But I have in, in past red carpets seen people be like, oh, wow, John Favreau's here. That's cool. And then a year later, it's like John Favreau creating the Mandalorian. So, you know, same thing with the, uh, there were a few, it's happened a few times. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. the Donald Faison I saw at the last Jedi, oh. and all of a sudden he shows up and does the voice in uh, resistance. So there it was there,
1: Ewan, Ewan who showed up to like solo S- solo and everybody was like, why would he be there? And mm-hmm. like, he was sat next to Ray Park and all this. And
0: yeah, yeah so so we yeah we saw Michael Aquino. you took the photo with him and that was really cool but I think he's so good like I love his score for lost I love his score for um um super eight uh, with JJ I think yeah he's just so incredible yeah he's just so talented and I love what he did for rogue one in that short span so I want to say yes just because I want him to come back and if I had to pair him with somebody, I give a big, epic, sweeping score. Um, If he'd be willing to be the new person, then the Ray movie. Like, let's take over from John Williams and go that route. If not that, then I assume Ludwig's going to do the Mando movie. So I'm not going with Favreau. Pair him with Mangold and let's do this Ten Commandments thing and give this big, sweeping, epic score. Uh, to back that movie, which is going to look beautiful. We know that. We just saw Dial Destiny and how gorgeously shot that movie was. Um, So if not being the new person to take over a saga, quote unquote, uh, I'll say Mangold. Um,
1: Yeah, so I'm actually really close with you on this one. I want him to return because he's my favorite composer. Oh, he's your favorite? Um, Yeah, working like today. Um other than, I mean John Williams is kind of like his own god tier, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of different. Um but uh and I think he's he's just absolutely exceptional and he could do any of the Star Wars movies. I think he's done though. I think that um when it really comes down to it he is getting the the offers that sort of, you know, he can pick and choose and do whatever he wants. He's sort of like Oscar Isaac in that sense of like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not looking for work and would do star Wars in an instance. Cause I loved it. And it's a good gig. I think he's got enough work that he can sort of bop around and, and kind of further his own career and maybe look at something that he could, um, he could do the music for that thing and let that thing be like, I'm going to make something up. Like, like if there's a new Harry Potter coming along, he could be the guy that is, does all the music for the Harry Potter. That you know will definitely I mean?
0: come back at some point, but. Yeah.
1: What, what I'm saying is like, but he would he would not be under something else, like under John Williams because John Williams is oh, no. Star Wars yeah. and stuff. No, no, you know no, no, no. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think he he did it. He did the thing. He probably had great time with the experience, but I don't plan on him coming back. If I was going to pair him with one, um, I do think he could be the next John Williams and he could s- set the pace from this point going. So that's the Ray movie, but I actually think you're more right with the James Mangold thing. I think that's the perfect pairing because in that sense you have, um, like a new fresh director with a new fresh story and new fresh characters. And at that point it can sort of completely be his own. And I know you could say that about rogue one, but it still felt like, I think, I think they're going to, I don't know, man. I just, I don't think he wants to be under star Wars. And I think that's the that's the end of the thing. I would love for him to come back. But um, if he's going to do it, I think you need to get like as far away from Star Wars as possible. And that's that James Mangold thing, I
0: think. So you think he's not. But if he did, it's Mangold. Yes. OK. Yeah.
1: And I want him to. Yeah. That, yeah. All that to be said. All right. Um, But well, that's it. That's it for Will of the Force. I think those are our answers. OK,
0: so let's shall we draft? Let's draft.
1: Let's get into the draft then. We're going to call it a discussion, but it's a draft. obi one. once thought as you do.
0: All right. So if you don't know how drafts work, um, basically, you try to draft the best list, team, what have you, you can On a particular topic and usually it's alternating or it's snakes in terms of how the picks are done but what we're gonna do here is James and I are going to draft what we feel are the 10 most underrated performances in Star Wars Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an actor's performance but that's up to us you could fire off five actors if they're available and maybe that's the best list the goal is to draft your best starting five in this draft on this topic. Um, so how we are going to do it this time is I'm going to go with the first pick and then James is going to snake around. So he's going to get picked two and pick three, come back to me for two, back to James for two, back to me for two, and then James with the final pick. Um, so James, the 10 most underrated performances in star Wars. Are you ready? I am not ready. I'm ready. Let's go. I am not, not ready, which means you are ready. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm going to start things off with a big one that's going to make people question it. But I have to do it because I think I believe in this. I am saying Mark Hamill in The Empire Strikes Back is an underrated performance in Star Wars, specifically Dagobah. Because Man, okay, so you
1: went real specific on scenes and, and well,
0: I'm just gonna say it? Mark Hamill. Fair. I'll say Mark Hamill and Empire, but the reason for the pick is Dagobah, where he spends most of his time in the movie, because the 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 scene is played so well and it was handled so well. But every time people talk about it, it's usually about how great of a job they did with Yoda and how mm-hmm. great Frank Oz did the design of the puppet, the performance of the puppet. Not as often, like one out of 10, when they talk about it, do they refer to Mark Hamill's performance where it's really him by himself acting alongside a puppet. And, you know, George Lucas had said, you know, if this doesn't work, the whole thing's a complete disaster. And every time I watched The Empire Strikes Back, whether it was when I was little through to today, I don't think about how hard this must have been for Mark Hamill because it seems so natural. It really does seem like he is talking to a living creature and the creature back to him and him responding to the dialogue, which is coming from underneath the stage at that point, uh, responding to the movements of the puppet, which may have been a little wonky, probably having to do so many different takes, so many different angles, all in the support of making yoda believable and it really he and he had no support if harrison ford was also in that scene or yet another human to bounce off of maybe it doesn't get picked but the fact that he did this by himself yeah kenny baker was in r2d2 that's fine but it was really (laughs) one-on-one yoda and luke and frank Oz is underneath the stage so it's mark hamill just working with a puppet And I thought he did such a believable and great job. It might have been... People say Last Jedi. I think Mark Hamill on Dagobah in Empire is his best performance in Star Wars, hands down. So I'm going with my first one, a big swing. Uh, I'm going to pepper some light and fun picks as well. But my first big one, I got to go first pick, first overall, you got to go big. And I'm going Mark Hamill in Empire, specifically because of Dagobah.
1: All right. Yeah, that's so here's the other thing about our drafts and, and usually sometimes our Kessel runs as well, is that we don't know each other's picks ahead of time. And so Not we
0: well, <laughs> you're the only one who doesn't share the picks on the Kessel run. <laughs> I guess that's it. Well, that's why
1: I guess I mean, like sometimes the Kessel run like um, but I but sometimes well, I okay but I guess what I mean is sometimes on the show, I don't know what you guys are going to say to will, the force questions and other stuff like that. So where I'm coming from on, on this draft specifically too, is like, we also are sort of pulling from different understandings of the question. Um, like John got very specific. there, not only just saying like a character and Mark Hamill's performance, but specifically in this scene. Well, because generally, of yeah. Yeah. G- oh, well, generally mine are just coming from like, I took a performance of a character and they are known in star Wars. Let's go. Um, but they, I don't think that people talk about them as much as they should, uh, in comparison to other characters, maybe at their caliber or maybe not at their caliber. Um, so my first one is going to be, uh, Diego Luna's performances, Cassian Andor. Overall. Overall, because I think and and specifically because you're doing this draft with me too, you're not part of the problem, but part of the, my point is that even when we were going through our recaps of Andor multiple times, you were like, I, I see everybody else getting their big scenes and everybody else is talking about the, the big, you know, these other people. I feel like generally, when, whenever we're talking about Rogue One, we're talking about Darth Vader or Felicity Jones, you know, or or maybe some of the ancillary characters. And if, for some reason, even though he's like a main character, I feel like we skip over how good of a performance he does in that movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, true. And in Andor, it felt like... It felt like the whole time, I know there are people out there who like defend Andor adamantly as the best thing Disney has done since Star Wars came back. I know that exists, but it is not prominent. And most of the time, people are talking about The Mandalorian, or they're talking about Ahsoka, or they're talking about Obi-Wan, or Boba Fett, or whatever, all these other shows. And it seems like for whatever reason, Andor flies under the radar. And even even of the people who are watching it and paying attention to it, it feels like everybody's talking about Andy Serkis or, um, you know, uh, other characters from the show. And I'm like, do we not see the main person is so, so, so good. And it it feels like his performance is oftenly flying under the radar and underrated and underappreciated when it comes to the greater, um, not just Star Wars, but just like acting Hollywood in general. I, I still am waiting for this guy to, to. I mean, he's he's known in Hollywood, but I'm still waiting for him to even get the the big blockbuster because he got Star Wars, and it still doesn't feel like he's he was in Star Wars. You know, it's it's nuts to me that Diego Luna is um, and the character of Cassian Andor is as good as he is, and it's and it's not like quite publicly recognized.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> that's fair um yeah i think by the people who love and or specifically the show it's very recognized but by the general uh star wars fans probably not so i think that's uh that's a good pick um
1: all right so you get to go again though yeah we're gonna do this one a little differently we are gonna go with the snake draft thing um yeah. just so that we can snake each other's picks <laughs> <laughs> if we have them And I'm gonna actually do just that. If I don't know if this person's on your list or not, but I think there's there, it's pretty hard pressed for the resistance broadcast to not say that Alden Ehrenreich
0: Ah.
1: is (laughs) that was my next pick. (laughs) Is just it, it it has to be said that this person gave such an amazing performance and we've done it we've said it multiple times so everybody who listens to the show generally knows our feelings on it but the biggest one to me is always like you know you see the people do the deep fake and they put harrison ford's face on the 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 character from the movie and they say see they just should have got somebody that did that and i'm like that only works because the body language works. The outfit works. The the tone and the delivery works. The facial expressions work. Everything about it is somehow just dumbed down because it's not Harrison. And it's like, stop doing that and recognize how good of a performance this person did.
0: That should have been your first pick, I think.
1: Well, I only did it as my second pick because I knew that I was going to get the third pick too, the third overall.
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that I, I wasn't, wasn't joc- going to leave it to you. <laughs> I was jockeying between that. I probably should have went with that first, assuming you wouldn't have picked Hamill and then I would have had a pretty stacked one, too. Uh, but right. yeah, that would have been my next pick. So it's it's everything you just said. We everyone knows how we feel about it. We want him back. Uh, his star is only rising right now. He, you know, he's directing. He's doing great performances in in big movies. Uh, It would be a shame if he didn't come back because it's the only opportunity to get Han Solo back in Star Wars at this point. Harrison Ford's finished and there is that timeline. So I think it'd be a mistake if they didn't. Um, We don't know if they will, but a a very underrated performance uh, that does not get the credit it deserves. Even though Harrison Ford himself approached him and interrupted his own interview and told Alden that he thought he did such a brilliant job and was smart in how he did it. So, what bigger endorsement do you need? So, I feel like if you say that to
1: people who don't like Alden or Solo, and you're like, what if Harrison Ford himself came in and was like, this guy did a really great job, I'm really proud of him. And they'd right. be like, okay, maybe then. And I'm like, he did, he already did. <laughs> he did it. And so, we know. shut up. He, he didn't does, have yeah. to say a word. He right.
0: doesn't do favors like that. So um, great pick. So now I am reeling. I am on Now full, you get two, though. I am on full tilt. I have to unbold Alden Ehrenreich from my list now. I do get two picks. And my next one is going to be um, now I gotta think about what you would pick. See, so that's the tricky part. Yeah.
1: I have t- yeah. All right, uh, I'm
0: I am i am stealing one of these. I know my order. I'm stealing one based of on these. You- Sam Witwer as Maul is uh
1: not not one of mine oh really okay well not on the
0: short list is sam witwer as maul um i think what happened with that character beyond what we knew in the phantom menace uh was just turned into a tragic classic dramatic villain and Mm -hmm. the layers that they added to that character only work by the vocal performance of sam witwer We saw Maul with primal rage. We saw Maul with reservation. We saw Maul with sadness and chaos and madness. He was very much like a a, a, a tragic uh, Shakespearean character. You know, Macbeth, whatever. And some people say like maybe there was a bit too much, but I think every aspect of him as Maul uh, just became so good to the point where people got used to that being Maul. And mm-hmm. that's not to take anything away from uh, Peter Serafinowicz, who was the original voice, uh, or Ray Park, who obviously played him physically. But I think Sam Witwer took Maul to a, a level that no one ever expected. And they could have done the same thing with Feloni's writing and the animation. Um, but the the way he captured the voice of Maul, but spun it and made it his own and added to it. I think really, mm-hmm. uh, gr- uh, cemented Maul as just this incredible star Wars character and done all in, uh, the animated form. So except, yep. except the solo, I, the solo cameo. Yeah.
1: I completely agree with what you're saying. This was uh this was a hard draft for me to pick because, I really had it really made me go into my heart and figure out like what do I really think about some of these ratings do I I know this person is like this or this but like in this case I thought about Sam but I actually personally I think he is properly rated like I don't think he's overrated or extremely underrated I think he is that, in my opinion, I think the fans and and greater people
0: appreciate what by, he's done by by the diehard fans, but by general fans, do people even know who this guy is?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so. it's 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 all yeah. It's interesting to what perspective we're coming
0: at too. Um. All right, so I Next get pick, John. I get another pick, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I am going to go <laughs> with. Oh, this is tough. I got my list. I'm looking it's at it. Jake. I, I'm probably not going to pick what you're picking. Um, I'm, I might cheat, though, because there's no rules against cheating. This is the only one I'm worried about, because after this one, if you don't
1: pick one of mine, I've got my next two, and then I'm not worried about my other one. I
0: think uh, good. I'm going to go with the Darth Vader ensemble, uh, most notably David Prowse. Okay, so basically everybody who physically brought Darth Vader to life, James Earl Jones gets all the credit. He's the greatest. I was going to say
1: that's almost borderline overrated. Like he's
0: it's great, but it gets so much credit for Darth Vader. So I'm saying David Prowse spent all those movies in the suit, did all the dialogue. Yeah. uh, Did the lightsaber fighting with Mark Hamill. Then you have the stunt team. You have Sebastian Shaw, who played uh, Anakin with the mask off. You had these stuntmen in the two stuntmen in Rogue One, Hayden Christensen behind. So all these people that had to come together to physically play Darth Vader. I think that is very underrated because people, for one, rarely talk about David Prowse anymore. And if David Prowse... You know, his stature was one thing, but being able mm-hmm. to operate in that suit, like if you ever had a mask on with like low limited vision and pull off those menacing mannerisms, the choking, the arm movements, the way he walked, his cadence. Right. It
1: what I said flat. about Alden Ehrenreich, it doesn't work unless you have the performance.
0: Right. It's a bust if da- if David Prowse doesn't make Darth Vader feel like a menacing, fearful villain. So, from the moment he walked in on the Tantive v 4 and he puts his hands on his hips and he, he proceeds on, uh, we buy into it. And so, I'm leading with David Prowse, but also subtext everyone who was a part of the ensemble from 77 through Obi Wan Kenobi, who helped bring Darth Vader to life from a physical standpoint, because James Earl Jones gets the praise, deserves the praise. David Prowse does too. I don't think he gets mentioned enough, talked about enough, acknowledged enough. And I think that was a part of, you know, he had expressed that, but also the other people that uh, helped along the way.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a solid pick. You know, in my mind, I, I feel like I remember coming across him and passing, but I, I don't know why, because based on what, the way you just described it, I'm like, yeah, I mean, Pretty criminally underrated, especially considering what I said about Olden Aaron Reich's body language and stuff too. It yeah. has to work, so yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, greatest good pick. cinematic
0: villain of all time, and and that's a big part of why. You know, like imagine mm-hmm. we had James Earl Jones's voice, but over a unbelievable and fumbling and and not uh, menacing physical presence. So, uh, yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's check in now. So, I have with pick one Mark Hamill in Empire. Pick two, you came in with Diego Luna in and Andor. Pick three, you wrap around with Alden Ehrenreich and Solo. And then I come back with Witwer as Maul and the uh, team that brings Vader to life physically, notably uh, David Prowse. Uh, you are up with pick six as we enter this the back half of the draft.
1: Hmm. You know what? Actually, I forgot that we're... Only doing five each, so now I'm kinda I am a little bit torn between who I want to say. Um okay, well I'll go with a I'll go with a little more wild card one then. Um I'm gonna say Ron Falk as Dexter Jetster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's the thing is that I was I was I'm going through the movies and I'm thinking about characters who had prominent roles who have sort of even stood the test of time of like most people, most Star Wars fans remember that character. They remember the scenes. They can sort of like he has his own kind of iconography as far as like the his silhouette and the way he looked and acted and everything about him. Such a prominent character brought t- to life by this voice. And if you put me on the spot, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know who it was. Oh no. Yeah. You know, I'm like what and then like I go looking for who is he even in this person and this person's been a lot I mean he had a huge career he was like from like 1939 to like he passed away in 2016 like he was just like active in movies he has a ton of career but like I still to this day I like I wasn't able to find very many pictures or clips of him in other movies um they brought him in because he was a seasoned actor and he did this performance and that voice and that performance of the character to me, like really stands out as something very memorable from attack of the clones, um, brought to life. And, I, I, it's, it's hard to even describe, but like there's something to that character. It's not just a computer, like beep, boop, boop, go to the planet where the cloners are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, there's, livelihood and, and, and like life to that character. And it's very believable. And and he's just such an interesting character that we don't really know a whole lot about, but I think we leave the screen wanting to know more about like his relationship with Obi-Wan and all this. And I think that's brought to life through that voice. I was able to find a behind the scenes clip of the person who created the character's look. And they were like, once you get past this stage they take it and they do whatever you want. So I'm watching the movie and I'm hearing the voice for the first time. And I'm like, Whoa, like that really? And I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Now the guy who even created the character is saying the voice was perfectly cast and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with that one. I feel like it's a performance of, of, you know, someone that, um, was a very seasoned, uh, in Hollywood came in, did this voice, did justice to the character and then has sort of fallen to forgotten fans
0: that, yeah, that's, I, I did not know the name, uh, and I probably didn't even, I don't even know if I knew then would have known the name when I was like studying hardcore for showdown or anything. So right. I would have like whiffed on that question, but it's funny, like, cause I just quickly looked him up as you were talking about him and he's Australian and they did film attack of the clones in Sydney, Australia. So that was probably part of that. And mm-hmm. does that mean he also ditched his accent? Because Dex has what I believe is more of like an American sounding accent. I don't think he had an Australian accent when I think about it. So
1: Oh, like, I don't How know. big your
0: hey old buddy you know? About uh You might you might be right on right that outside the Ricky but- Maze, you know?
1: But what is interesting about that is that Australia and New Zealand, although very different, they're similar in the sense of like their accents are kind of fall along the same lines. So it's interesting that the character who would give us this information on the cloners, and it's all based on the clones of someone um, who is famously from New Zealand, is a New Zealander in um, Tamara Morrison. It's kind of, all of it feels very like Indy, India, uh, Indy Pacific, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's Indonesian, yeah. like sort of, it's like, it feels kind of like in that world a little bit. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting little tidbit that he was from Australia, but he gives them information on a character and a species that are all sort of based on a New Zealand accent thing. It's kind of interesting.
0: I don't know. Fun pick though. Uh, surprised, but I like it. Uh, what else you got? You got uh, another pick coming up.
1: Oh, right, I get two picks. All right, I'm gonna do something similar. Um, this one is uh a little more open. We do know more about the person who did the voice, but I'm gonna go with uh Lapita Nyongo. Ah, as Maz Kanata. Um, and I think the reason I'm going to do that is, um. Because very very similar to Dexter, I think that Maz has a scene in this movie is very prominent. And at the time when they were when they were giving the announcement of like casting, who did they cast in the Force Awakens? Who gets all the good parts? She was one of the names that was up there. Like is like yes this person's going to be in the movie too, you know? And we were all like, oh, she's right off of like a big Oscar nominated film and everything. So like she's top casting, bring her in and she's continued to do great, great, great work. But the thing is, is that I think that she gives this performance of Maz in the force awakens and is something that we remember about that movie very prominently. She has a whole scene. She's got this cantina. She's been in far as like, um, some of the other star Wars stuff. Like she's like, almost like a focus point of star Wars where we can be like, Oh, there's Maz and all of Maz's friends, you know? But the thing is, is that I don't think people, I think then the character of Maz sort of got wasted in the, uh, last Jedi. And then in the Rise of Skywalker, they did it like animatronically and stuff. And I, I, as far as I'm, she maybe did the voice, but she didn't like have anything to do. Whereas in the first one, it was like facial capture and everything. Yeah, I'm like it just. It's unfortunate because I feel like that character was really great, and then it was underappreciated and didn't come back for in the right manner or in the right method for the later movies. Um, and I'm going back, and I'm like, but when I think of Force Awakens, I think that's a big prominent part of the movie. Why didn't that character get moved? Around? Why didn't Lapita get the the credit as being this character because she did all the facial performance capture and everything for this right. character? So when you're seeing it on screen and you like Moz and you believe Maz, that's her, and. I think she's almost like a footnote in like, we remember when they were promoting the movie, she was really big. But then after that, she got like completely lost and like almost written out of the, the sequel trilogy story and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, Oh man, that's a bummer. And like, it, I like, I think she deserves more credit as Maz. and I, and I would like to see Moz return in the Ray movie and going forward as, as a, as someone that can be in whenever you need that character, you know, I think Lapita deserves that. I think that's and a so good, character.
0: yeah, I think that's a good pick and a great call that it is an underrated performance. Cause I think a lot of people forget that she did do physical performance capture. Uh, mm-hmm. that was, and then everything was mapped onto her face. Cause I remember, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a very popular behind the scenes shot of her and Daisy face to face. And she has the dots on her face with the lights and she had to like get on yeah. her knees and be at a certain height to make that work. And, all that. And they were
1: taking a they were taking a risk doing Star Wars Episode Seven coming back after the prequels to do a full motion CG character. Yeah, but guess what? She wasn't treated like Jar Jar Binks.
0: Yeah, and Snoke too. They were big like big swings. Yeah.
1: Well, they did, but not so much in in Force Awakens. That wasn't until Last Jedi, right? And they felt like they got their footing back in Force Awakens when everything was on the line, <laughs> like the. Oh, I don't want to say uh, the the baggage that comes with a full CG character. That was all on Lapita. And we walked out of the movie and we're like, that was great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved Mas
1: Kanata. Oh, yeah. Great. That's... They did it. Wonderful. You know, yeah, it's like, oh, everything is so practical. Not her. <laughs> She's fully CG. Yeah. And it worked because the performance they practical. had performance. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know.
0: Um, no, that is a very good pick. I think that is a good one, uh, and yeah, it is absolutely an underrated performance, uh, and so specifically to the Force Awakens, no doubt about it. Um, and now I'm stuck on my last pick because I don't and- think
1: you're going to take him. But
0: yeah, I'm juggling between who to pick three. Um, I I mean, I was gonna I was gonna have Jacked Fish on my list, but he's he's perfectly rated as just an amazing. <laughs> yeah performance uh, to this day. One of the best performances in Star Wars. Jack <laughs>
1: At TRB, definitely
0: overrated. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. Because we're like,
1: Jack Fish, he's the best.
0: Here's my next pick, which is a bit of a curveball, but it's all about having a good time here. The Millennium Falcon in the Kessel Run. <laughs> what do you think about that, Jack? <laughs> And the reason I say that is because Han always gets all the credit for it. But without the Falcon, and especially the navigation system, and it holding up, and its weapon system, uh, without the Falcon, do they does he even get to gloat about anything? So I am going with the Millennium Falcon's performance of the Kessel Run in Solo as one of the most underrated performances in Star Wars.
1: <laughs> Han absolutely personifies it as a person like mm-hmm. she and, you yeah. know, that, that you know, so I didn't, I didn't even consider, you know, and, like an underrated he, uh, and he,
0: planet <laughs> I mean, like Well, even, <laughs> even if you think about the Falcon as just a ship, which sometimes I, right. I really do. I don't think of it as this sentient thing. I think just the navigation system from L3 was uploaded into it. Uh, the ship still performed. You know, How, how'd your car perform uh, in the snow? How'd your car perform on that Mount Washington, uh, you know, whatever trip or whatever? So uh, I, the Falcon, like, got beat to hell and still made it out, almost got swallowed up. They, they dumped the coaxium into it, which, like, really probably couldn't have gelled. The Falcon forged on. It, it did what it had to do when it counted uh it, it it was it was faithful and um reliable for Han and Lando uh when it counted most so i know that's not uh an actor performance um but it's still uh, i'm doing in story here and uh, the falcons performance in the castle run doesn't get enough credit as does Han or chewy or even Beckett or, or anybody else
1: hmm man that is a that is a wild pick. And unfortunately, I will have to cross it off my list because that was going to be my next one. No, it wasn't. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. I do get another pick here, though, don't I? Yes. All right. I Now, I didn't want to do two um, in-story ones. So it was either going to be between Jacked Fish, Millennium Falcon, or Kalane, uh Lando's taxi driver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But because that, that should be on the list, underrated. I think Pablo Hidalgo said it's his favorite moment from The Rise of Skywalker. But he, <laughs> hate, he, he hates Star Wars, except for like Rogue One um, and the classics. Don't quote me on that. I'm kidding. But uh, my last pick is Mark Lewis Jones. Now, do you know who that is? I don't. Mark Lewis Jones plays Captain Kennedy. In the last jedi oh and i just think that dude absolutely crushed that part in that movie to the point where i think about him all the time and he's not talked about they didn't make like action figures it was like this like it happened and came in it came and went scene general fans don't really know about kennedy but when i think about the last jedi And I think about performances and I think about any like empire or first order officer. I'm talking Piet, Nita, Gergerard, whoever, even Tarkin. This dude, I believe that this guy was a part of the first order and he was like an evil dude. Uh, So I'm going with Mark Lewis Jones as Captain Kennedy in The Last Jedi. So it's it's a good pick because there's sort of two
1: levels to it. And the first level is is that he is sort of a common pick for a character who was really good in that movie and was sort of underrated. Like we see that pretty often as like, uh, you know who my favorite character is? It was actually Captain Kennedy. But even with that, I still think his underrated or his level of rating still has not meet the actual performance that he did. Yeah. Um, I think that even after all of that, um, he still is his performance and, and what he brought to the character still is a lot stronger than, um, I would, I don't want to say what was even required for the character. Um, but I think like, I think that a lesser performance would have been like totally acceptable and okay. And I think there absolutely is a certain level of like, we were left with like, Oh shoot, dude. Like why, why did they kill that guy off? Why, why wasn't that guy in like all of the movies? Like, honestly, his performance was so good. I mean, Hey, this isn't, this isn't pulling away, but like from the other person I'm about to say, but like it almost does kind of make me wish that that was just Hux.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, if that actor was just Hux in all three movies, we really wouldn't have known who it was. We knew who Domino Gleeson was when he was um, was cast in Force Awakens. But this person, we would have just been like, oh, who's that? And then he would have given that speech, and he would have been, you know,
0: this, this, and this. I would have been like, you could have brought a, a real level to the First Order. That would have been great. What if they gave that part to Hux and had Hux die there? and then we remember oh. hux as the dude who had that insane speech and then he has that moment in tlj and goes out like a like a like a badass like that like then hux is like boba fett like legacy verified you know what i'm saying but hux yeah. they they sort of flatlined Hux a bit and turned him into a yeah which character.
1: almost like in that scenario then assuming the movies are basically the same they would have had to bring in a different first order officer to be like a joke character and people just would have hated it dude man the- reason i think people give like hux the pass is like oh i hate what they did with this credit but they don't hate domino gleason or the character it's because the first performance was so good But if they would have killed off that character and brought in a different one to be a joke character, then that actor and that character would have been like really hated on. So I'm almost glad that it happened the way that it happened. Then we wouldn't have had like a second Jar Jar or something where people just pick on that person for no reason. It's like, we all, we all see what happened. We're like, well, the actor can do it. (laughs) And, and the writing was there. Right. So we almost put all of the, the, the blame on somebody else,
0: man. I mean, Ryan Johnson shot a really good movie and I enjoy the last Jedi a lot. I don't like how fans watch talk about it. it. No, but, but he <laughs> really kidding. did like just run a lot of the stuff JJ did into a wall, <laughs> you know, but what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Cause people always yeah, talk about how JJ undid things, but it's like Ryan undid things first.
1: I, th- okay this is a bold statement without really thinking about it but i i think that the the biggest thing that i think ryan did run into a wall in my opinion is probably hux yeah like i think of all the things that were handed off and maybe somebody could point out a different example mask, but like right your now back. as i stand <laughs> yeah but that's but even then i'm still like I, I, but, like, Maz, I don't know. But, like, this other character is, like, involved in all three movies, you know? Yeah. Like, that's part of the story. And you you brought them down. The other one, you just sort of wrote out. Um, anyway. But, I, but anyway,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, you have the last pick. So, this is pick 10 in the draft. You have the lot of the litter because there's no more picks. So, what is your final yep. pick in the draft to complete your I, list of underrated? I cannot...
1: I cannot decide between two. So I'm literally going to flip this remote um, heads is not who I'm picking. Um, I'm going with Hugh Corsi. Do you know who that is? Yes, that is
0: Captain Panaka.
1: That's correct.
0: <laughs> Tell me why Captain Panaka is an underrated performance. Because
1: look man the year's 1999 <laughs> George Lucas is bringing back Star Wars it's a big deal and everybody he cast in that movie and put in that movie as um has had like very exceptional careers it's been a a a, a big thing it was like everybody in that movie had to like be on and be like perfect for their roles and they were but I'm not going to lie if I don't like look back at that movie and be like, I kind of forgot about that character. (laughs) Like, and he's not a one scene character. Right. Like, especially towards the end. um, That character is pretty heavily involved as far as like the tactical way that they're going to get the queen off the planet and everything and go back and watch his scenes. It's like, you know, Ian McGregor, uh, Natalie Neeson. Portman, yeah. Liam Neeson, um, and uh, what's her name, Kira Knightley. I mean, like, I'm looking at the scene and I'm like, this person's in the conversation, but somehow, like, everybody else went to a party afterwards and he wasn't invited. And I'm like, it's not like he gave a bad performance. The character is, like, totally there and he's doing everything that he needs to do. And then, A, he this is sort of similar to the, um, Maz thing. He sort of just gets replaced in the next movie by somebody where, where, people are like, is that the same guy? I always thought that was the same guy. It's like, it's not the
0: same guy. Oh, captain Typho.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's like, what, it, what well, like, not, is that the same actor, but is it supposed to be the same character? You like know what Iron I mean? Man? And it, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Something along those lines and uh, yeah i i just kind of look at the thing and i'm like it's a bummer because actually i do know the story behind that it was more of like a scheduling issue right i don't remember uh, yeah i don't know that was my thought is that he was supposed to be captain typho's character and they were going to bring him back and then there was a scheduling issue and they're like oh shoot well i guess we'll just make it a different person and we'll make it a different a character but yeah, I often do think that when people think of the Phantom Menace, he's a character that gets overlooked and um, not in a bad way. Like I think there are characters in the Phantom Menace that people remember, but they remember them for being like, kind of silly like this can only mean one thing invasion you know or whatever and it's like that performance or or some of the other people who are aliens or whatever they often just get like kind of made fun of for it being silly or whatever um but i'm like his role was solid uh his performance was good his character was very prominent and yet everybody forgot about him. Everybody forgets about him pretty regularly. Yeah. So yeah. I got to put him in that category of underrated performances. Cause, uh, I think the Phantom Menace would be a different movie if we didn't have a strong captain leading the queen off of Naboo.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a pick I wouldn't have thought of, but yeah, I mean, you make good points. You know, he, the Phantom Menace does have a very, um, choppy dialogue presence. Um, and, I think even like really good actors like you know Natalie Portman had a tough time navigating through some of that. There, there were but. some people that I even like was like, oh, I'm gonna I I
1: like this performance. I remember that being pretty prominent. Went back and rewatched it and it's like, nah, they're they're just flat delivery, nothing special. Yeah. I went back and rewatched his performances and I'm like, he's delivering these lines in a very believable, real way. I don't think he's just standing there going like, but what are we going to do about the <laughs> the invasion or whatever, you know? I don't think he was doing that. I think he was actually doing a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. He I made a cut for me. I think, yeah, I think he did a very good job, and he hasn't talked about enough. So I think that is a good pick, especially, you know, last pick to close it out. Um, uh, one Umbrel mention I probably should have had on my list that I didn't. Uh, now that you think about the prequels, is Jack Thompson as Cleeg Lars. I think that was a oh, really Oh, in my last? That was it.
1: Oh, gosh. I thought you had one more pick. No. I'll say my other one. It was Alan
0: Tudyk. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah.
1: I think people think of um, the character, and they laugh, and they're like, oh, he brought all this emotion, he was funny, the levity to Rogue One or whatever. And then, like, everybody knows the actor, but I don't think a lot of people know that that was him that played to him.
0: Yeah. Uh, if I feel like
1: that was Alan Tudyk. I think yeah. a lot of casual fans would be like, it was, yeah, but They didn't even know it was him. And I'm like, you love the character. You love the actor. So why does this performance seem to go under the radar for some reason? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that was my other one. Yeah. That's, that's a good one too. Uh, there's definitely a but bunch. you, you you brought up Owen Lars. Not Owen Lars. Uh, Klieg Lars. Jack Thompson. Klieg Lars. So good in Attack of the Clones. I believed every bit That's, of that guy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think another underrated actor is um, Kenneth Coley, who played Admiral Piet throughout the original trilogy. That dude did a good job of just uh, emoting his face in fear when Vader, you know, was around, and I thought he did just a good job being a small character role, uh, but selling what it was like working for the Empire. Uh, but there's a ton that we I know. Can...
1: I consider Jared.
0: Yeah, that's another like good one. Yeah, the Emperor's coming here. You know, it's like this
1: whole like actual fear and emotion. Then we'll double our efforts. So exactly. What a choice do we have?
0: Yeah. You know, so,
1: like I liked him. There's a a couple that I considered.
0: There's a bunch. Yeah. So uh, let us know what you think of our list. Uh, So here's our rundown. Um, My list. uh, So I had first pick, uh, and then James 2, me 2, James 2, me 2, and then James. So it went. Uh, My list, Mark Hamill, Sam Witwer as Maul. uh, Mark Hamill and Empire, Sam Witwer as Maul. uh, The Darth Vader team, notably David Prowse. Uh, Millennium Falcon in the Kessel Run, and Mark Lewis Jones as Kennedy in the Last Jedi, and James Solid. James's list Diego Luna as Andor, uh, Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo stole that one from me, uh, Ronald Falk as Dexter Jetster, Brian Ward is somewhere doing flips. Uh, thrilled <laughs> about up. that one.
1: It's almost impossible to not mention the character and think not think of him.
0: I know. Uh, and, uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata, very good pick there. And, uh, Hugh Quarshie Quor- Hugh as Captain Panaka. So that's our list. We'll also post it in the description so you can take a look at it. But let us know, uh, in the comments, what you think about our lists, who did, who had a better draft uh most importantly did you have a good time and what would what would your picks be if they weren't on our list please let us know whether that's on social media email or of course in the comments on youtube wherever you could find us hit us up and let us know what your picks are because i'm sure there's plenty we haven't thought about or didn't make our list or what have you uh but we hope you enjoyed it we hope you had a good time more importantly than anything um so james anything uh, anything else before we uh, hop out Nope, I think that's it. I
1: think that if there we don't put up a poll or anything like who won, but I think like since we're drafting the whole aspect of it, I I think that you probably would have the popular vote. I think probably the bigger reason I think you just have like stronger names, like character names. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, you have the Millennium Falcon (laughs) on your list. It's like people are gonna look at that and they don't even care like what you're talking about. They're like i love the millennium (laughs) that guy wins
0: you know oh man all right thank you everybody for listening and watching and being a part of trb it means a great deal to all of us uh if you enjoy the show please make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast platform you get two episodes a week free right there for you and of course our youtube channel youtube.com at the resistance broadcast and Uh, Follow us on social media at TRB Podcasts. Uh, That includes the new platforms, threads, Blue Sky, what have you. And spread the word. Tell friends you like about us. And if you do have a podcast app and you're subscribed to us, uh, rate us. Five stars and leave us a review if you don't mind. That helps us also in discovery. So thank you for that. Uh, And speaking of uh, Patreon, we talked about it before. If you want to support the show. Uh, please head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tier start at just five bucks. You get extra episodes that are exclusive just to Patreon. So we do podcasts just on Patreon. We also do uh, chats with our patrons. We have bonus uh, uh, monthly calls, bi-monthly calls. We have a Discord server. We do polls, a lot of fun stuff. Head over there to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. And if you can, sign up and support us. We appreciate it. Uh, and a special shout out to the Generals and Spice Runners on Patreon, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Romori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, and Dave Hornack. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and the Fort Worthian. And all of our patrons, all of our supporters, thank you. Uh, for me, Johnny Hoey on social media And my movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, We just put out an episode on American Pie, the original, 25 year anniversary this year. Uh, James, how about you?
1: Uh, Social media at Myra Trunks is where you can find
0: me. And uh, Lacey, you can find her at Lacey Gillerin on uh, all social media apps. Um, All right. We will be back Thursday for TRB Live. talk about the latest Star Wars news and have a good time as always with all of you. So we hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.